Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, we're back for episode two on this Friday. We wanted to split things up, talk football in the first one, and then talk a little bit about Ty-Ty Washington and all this buzz that is – it's Kentucky. Let's just put it what it is. And when you're trending the way he is in the crystal ball with Kentucky, uh, somebody knows something. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it started um, started yesterday, maybe morning, mid-afternoon, something like that. Um, yeah, Travis Branham, 24-7 sports analyst uh, based out of Lexington, put his pick in for Ty Ty. And then yet another national analyst, Deshaun London, he put it at – both those guys put it at seven confidence. But uh, my coworker, Chris Fisher, who I believe he said the first time he's ever done this, put his confidence level in the crystal ball as a lock at 10. So Chris is saying done deal. We had another guy put it in as a lock. This is a Memphis insider. I'm not sure if he was piggybacking. Well, he put his pick in before Chris, so maybe he wasn't piggybacking. Uh, and then, of course, Jerry Meyer. So that's three national analysts for 24-7. I'll go with Kentucky. Four thoughts out Washington yesterday. Um, I know a couple other sources out there have uh, probably since earlier this week have been trending, saying that Tata was trending towards Kentucky. And, you know, you got to think in recruiting in this day and age, there are some surprises, but you don't usually see a run on these kind of picks unless it's very solid yeah. info. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, is when you get a stretch like this after a commitment date is set, it kind of tells the tale. So I think now we're all to the point that we, we kind of feel like John Calipari has his point guard just now waiting on it to go official and fitting it's going to be on your wedding day. <laughs> which, uh, well, which another interesting thing too. Um, there seemed to be some thought out there that, that possibly, and I don't really know the purpose of setting a commitment date, but there seemed to be some thought, at least by one national analyst for us, that he might commit before the date that people might know about it before. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. He put out May 12th at first, and then, yeah, you know, sorry about that. It's actually May 15th. So there was a reason the 12th was chosen first. Yeah, we'll see if anything comes of that. I thought, I mean, this is a you know, highly reputable guy that said this, and, Eric Bossie, So And I'll I, see I, him this weekend. I'll see Ty Ty in Memphis. Yeah. I'm actually leaving as soon as I hit publish or on this episode. Well, not publish, but putting yeah. it in the drafts. Yeah. And I missed the open practices, Derek. Something happened with my email, and I didn't get the email verification from the credential, which didn't get the itinerary that there was open practices on Thursday and on Friday for the Iverson Classic, or yours truly would have been there. A little disappointed, but there is a media session tomorrow, I believe around 4 o'clock, right before the Iverson Classic game starts. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to make sure I get my rounds and get to Ty Ty Washington, Bryce Hopkins, Damian Collins, and all those. So uh, hopefully I'll have some good stuff the next time we record about that event. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to you making it down there. Uh, Jonathan Gavani, as I'm going to say it, my, my apologies to Jonathan if that's not how you say his last name. Um, I'd recommend if you guys don't follow him or, or if you want to see some some clips, I'm sure other reporters are there too. Uh, not to just single out Jonathan, but he's been posting things off and on throughout the day as they have been practicing, obviously. 
Uh, and it was yesterday. Roddy had some good things to say about Bryce Hopkins. So they've had a few practice days where he's been there. But today, Sean, uh, some people might care. Some people might not. Uh, but he is, he said, he tweeted out a few minutes ago that Nolan Hickman has looked, has looked like the most complete guard in the class. So, I mean, obviously it's been a week now. Hard to believe it's already been a week since Nolan decommitted from Kentucky. But um, for all the anxiety that there was potentially over Nolan Hickman having to play as a freshman, you got at least one guy in, in, in Giovanni who, I mean, he's done this a long time. I think he's got some really good sources throughout the basketball world saying this about Nolan. I mean, and like I said, some people won't care. He's not going to be here next year. I get it. But I do kind of wonder if all the talk about Tata was, was him kind of blowing up here late. You know, there's still time probably for some movement on Nolan Hickman's end as well. Yeah. and But not a bad consolation prize, though. Well, if, if Or not even that. I wouldn't say he's a consolation prize because I think he's ended up <laughs> ranked higher. Tata, that is. But uh, it is interesting, and it probably still says something that you could lose a, a guard, the quality uh, of Nolan Hickman from the high school ranks, and then follow that up with someone ranked even higher. Yeah, and and you know we've we've heard that talk about Nolan Hickman for a while, uh, back when we were talking to Corey Evans before he got his new job and stuff. There were people that thought that uh, Nolan Hickman could end up being the best guard in that class. Yeah, so man, we and, and we didn't dismiss the fact that when Nolan decommitted from Kentucky we didn't shrug it off and say well this this isn't a big loss no not just because they didn't have a point guard on their roster but we didn't discredit his ability at all like we mentioned hey this this is a significant loss for Kentucky this was a good player that they lost to McDonald's All-American you don't want to lose that so somebody's going to get a good player but in return I do I do think that when this thing comes down to it if Tata Washington does indeed choose Kentucky I think Kentucky is getting a really good guard uh, a guard that shoots the ball well and can set the table and for these other players. And how he fits, it makes so much sense to me, Derek, because it reminds me a little bit of 2011 with the roster they had that year where they had shooters all across the perimeter. You can see that kind of happening now with C.J. Frederick and Dante Allen and Kellen Grady. And then if Tata's, Tata's there, you're talking four backcourt pieces that can shoot the ball. And John Calipari easily has gone from – one of the worst teams, three-point shooting in the SEC in, in college basketball to, on paper, what should be, barring some shock or surprise that these guys just fall off and are far away from their career averages, could should be one of the better shooting teams, not only in the SEC, I think in college basketball. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this roster, getting Ty Ty will provide some clarity for sure. And, I mean, having him or, or Hickman all along, I'm sure, was the plan. Um, maybe you discussed this last last Friday. I'm not really sure because basically these days, like, there's no holding a kid <laughs> against their will and, and a letter of intent. Like, maybe there, you know, was for a long time. Pretty much, if you signed that paper, you were you were going to be spending a year <laughs> at least at that school that you signed with. Um, but I do think Cal had to be feeling pretty good about the direction Ty Ty was going. Uh, and, and like I said, again, he had to let they had to let Hickman out of his letter of intent if that's what he wanted. But the fact that you have a guy like Ty Ty there to to come in, I still think whatever plan you might have had to add a veteran, the same applied. It's just you had to talk that over with a different recruit, make sure they were on board. But the overall gist of the makeup at that point guard, I think, remained the same. Um, 
One other thing too, Sean, when we're talking about the backcourt, we didn't mention this uh, before we started recording, but I don't know if you saw, and I couldn't tell if this was just a hunch that Matt Norlander had or if he actually heard something. I'm going to guess. Just, just now looking at that too. That's funny. Yeah, about Davion Mance. Yeah, I just now, I'm just now seeing that. I don't, what, to me, he's just guessing. Like, I don't think Matt heard anything. I, I think people here around Kentucky would, would, would have a better feel for him. It's no offense to him. I'm sure he talks to people. Uh, but I did find that interesting. And in a lot of ways, I actually think Davion, from a fit perspective, might make the most sense versus a guy like Severe Wheeler that we're about to talk about because Severe has Kentucky in his final four. Who are the other schools, Sean? Kansas? Let me pull that up real quick. I was about to yeah. pull it up. Yeah, we pull that up. So Wheeler is obviously a guy, big assist numbers, played two years in the SEC, uh, was a fairly coveted recruit out of high school. I mean, definitely a pretty good pedigree there with him. Big problem with him is he just doesn't make a whole lot of shots outside. Yeah. Uh, from from outside. Kansas, the, Kentucky, LSU, and Oklahoma State. So two SEC schools in there for the Georgia transfer. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of buzz, too, for, for Kansas with him. I don't know for sure where he's going to end up. Um, but, you know, he's got Kentucky in that final list. It seems like he is a guy that Kentucky is still pursuing. I don't yeah. – I don't think you would have got a, a kid like him with a lot of options just thrown in a school that didn't want him. Like I think he obviously has an offer. Kentucky wouldn't be on the list in that final four. Yeah. So yeah. that's how you can kind of confirm how solid, like, you know, reaching out doesn't mean that they have an offer. So we've seen a ton of reports this spring about Kentucky reaches out to so-and-so Kentucky's reached out to so-and-so, but I think when it gets to this point and they name a final three or four, uh, Kentucky obviously is there and obviously wants him. Yeah, I think they do. Um, and again, we can debate the fit. Could they do better? I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to really know. Um, in some ways, I think getting a guy like Ty Ty could allow you to to be more selective, maybe. But again, I don't know that you hold out hope. Um, to, to me, Wheeler seems like a guy who you could kind of pair and would be okay playing a different role because he's not a star. At Georgia, I mean, he was a good player for Georgia, but he's not a. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I kind of want to phrase how what kind of player he is. Like the only thing that gets me is if is if they if they do get Washington, like we expect them to do. I mean, there's more crystal ball picks going in now, Derek. I mean, I think it's up to almost ninety percent in the crystal ball okay. in favor of Kentucky. So we're just assuming here that they get Washington. I've said for the last couple of days that I think whoever this other guard that they get. Needs to be a point guard, yes, but I think it needs to be a point guard that can play off the ball alongside Washington as well. We know Washington can do that. He can shoot it. But I'm just looking at, you know, how does how would Wheeler fit in with Washington? Is there someone else out there that could possibly fit in better? It could come down to what I said the other day, too, that you, you kind of – it might just be who jumps at it first. You don't want to just assume that someone's going to withdraw from the NBA draft. Or if they do decide to transfer, uh, you know, it would be unfortunate if you if you take someone and a guy like Zagorowski goes into the portal prior to the NBA draft or something, and you you maybe had a shot at that. But right now, I, I still it's it's more clear than it is than it was a few weeks ago. Obviously, now that Mintz has kind of made that decision, we still don't know exactly what his final decision will be. Now that Washington's trending Kentucky, you can kind of see the maybe the light at the end of the tunnel with it, but I still think there's a little bit of, it's not too clear. It's still a little foggy to me. I could see this thing going 
two or three different ways with who they add alongside Washington. I, and I don't know when we get that. Like, do we get that this month? I think we could get it in June, honestly. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'll be really curious to hear your thoughts about Ty Ty. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to stream that game tomorrow. I uh, might try to catch some of it, but I'll mostly be relying on uh, eyewitness accounts of uh, people who are down there. I know Jack and Zach Egg and some other guys in the UK and market. I'll be with them pretty much all weekend, so we'll we'll see all of it. Um, Derek, I'm, I might hop on here and just give like a little scouting breakdown. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow or Sunday or something, just maybe put something out there just a little bit and then uh, – Follow my Twitter feed at GBB Country, and I'll be uh, live tweeting from the event. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of stuff I get. I'm excited to get on the road, actually. uh, The last time I traveled for work was um, New Year's, I think, Mississippi State, Starkville, Kentucky, Mississippi State down there. That's the last time that I've actually been on the road. So uh, I think there might be a little interesting vibe between Nolan Hickman and Tata Washington. Yeah. Because it seemed like initially Hickman was recruiting him, and he was like, psych, I, uh, I'm i actually not going to go to Kentucky, but it sounds like you still are. <laughs> so you're kind of my replacement in some ways. Washington so. kind of got the best of him when they played that matchup a month ago, right? I think that's what the numbers bore out. Yeah, um, he, was the, he was the one that was talked about more. Like Kentucky fans left that night talking more about why didn't we get this guy. So I guess you get to see it this weekend. I'm sure both those dudes will be very motivated. I don't, are they on the same team? Mm, let me check I don't know how the team, teams work down there. They but might be on the same team. Let me hear my bold prediction of the week. Let's hear it. So I, I said this last night on Sources Say, but for our listeners here, you know the guy that I think I'm going to come home and be talking about next week? Who is going to Kentucky? Yes. Hopkins? Yes. I just yeah. have a feeling that I'm going to leave Memphis raving about Bryce Hopkins. From everything that I've read and and stuff about him, you know, you saw guys talking about it yesterday, about Bryce Hopkins. First time that they got to see him, it's the first time I'll get to see him. I'm interested to see how he stacks up against that competition. And we kind of forget about Bryce Hopkins, Derek, when we talk about this roster next year. Is he a three? Is he a four? Is he somewhere in between? Uh, remains to be seen, but I'm not going to dismiss the fact that he can't make it, you know, and make an impact and contribute next year on this roster. When we see what it looks like, uh, I'll get a look at him this weekend. I know Damian Collins, obviously, we know all about Damian Collins. I'm excited to see him. But I think the one I'm most intrigued by is Bryce Hopkins. You know, how good is he? Uh, does, what does he do well? Uh, I'm hoping I get to see that this weekend. But I, I have a, that's my prediction that when I get back on here and then come Monday, I'll be talking about Bryce Hopkins. I think he's the most intriguing in the sense that with Collins, you know, he's either going to be a starting center or I just think it's unlikely if Brooks is back that he starts alongside Sheboy. So he's probably looking at, and I don't think he's going to be Sheboy out either. So I think he's is most likely going to be starting the season as a backup center, which is fine. He can still play a ton of minutes doing that. And I think obviously with Tata, he's probably your day one starter. Whereas Hopkins, 
he's playing the four. Then you got to try to take minutes from Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin, who I think both have pretty high ceilings. Or if Cal does a little bit more of that three type deal where maybe he can slide down and play a little bit, maybe he can carve out a role there. But if they're truly committed to the three guard lineup, then you'll have to be competing probably with Dante Allen, Kellen Grady, and and uh, Dante Allen, or sorry, uh, CJ Frederick, Dante Allen, and uh, Kellen Grady. Get my names confused there uh, as options. So if he's good enough, I mean, there's no question he's going to play somewhere. They'll figure out a way to get him in there. But I think he's the one that, one, I don't know a ton about because I haven't really seen him play much. Not that I've seen the other guys play a lot either. But he does kind of feel like that sneaky – you know, he's stayed really consistent in these rankings. He's not really shot up since coming to the U.K., and he's not gone down. He's just kind of been where he's been. So he's considered a – basically a solid top 35 player in this class. And uh, I'm with you. When you watch his highlights, he looks like he's got a college-ready body. Like, I don't think you need to worry about him getting pushed around uh, when he gets here. So I will be very intrigued to to hear your takeaways about him. And really all these guys, to be honest, just with the pandemic, there's less – there have been fewer eyes probably on him or on all these guys than what you would normally have. And that's just kind of the shame of it for this 2021 class for – for football and basketball, because I think at least 22, you're going to get to see guys back on the road this summer, and people should be back to have a more accurate and a more accurate feel for where these guys truly stack up in their class. Yeah, so I'll be there breaking all that down this weekend at the Iverson Classic, so just follow along on Twitter, follow along on uh, the website, go bigbluecountry.com. I'll be posting there as well, and then uh, stay tuned to this feed. Uh, maybe I'll put something out there, Derek, and then as always, drop uh, the mailbag questions Either DM us. I'll put up. I'll actually put up a tweet this evening, and then we'll run it through Monday and see what we get on there. Derek um, should be a big mailbag. We've not done one in a week or so now, so I'm excited about that. Getting back in here Monday, uh, but we hope you all have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 